You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. So as has become uh, apparently clear now that uh, I'm from Atlanta, <laughs> and uh, um, a couple of the uh, hometown heroes um, of Atlanta, or at least an Atlanta business success story, um, is that of uh, Bernie Marcus and Arthur Blank. I'm sure that some of you know who Bernie Marcus and Arthur Blank are, um, but if you don't, uh, they are the founders of a, uh, a little mom and pop company called Home Depot. And the story of them founding Home Depot is actually very interesting if you haven't heard it. Um, they were in uh, senior management in another uh, um, chain of hardware stores called Handy Dan stores, and I'm not old enough to remember Handy Dan stores. I don't know if any of you are where they were outside of Atlanta. Anyway, so they were in senior management of these stores called Handy Dan, and they had an idea that they pitched to uh, uh, their leadership, um, which was to change their model, to adapt their model, um, to uh, increase the volume of their sales by lowering the prices of all of their items and doing, striving their best to have the lowest or at least the most competitive prices on all hardware um, of any hardware store. And they wanted to make a chain that was committed to uh, having the lowest possible prices. And their presumption is that the increase of volume of sales would more than make up for um, the, uh, the diminishment in revenue from each particular item. Now, that business model is one that strikes many of us as a no-brainer, right? Because so many companies now operate under that business model. Walmart, right? Best Buy. Lots of companies now operate under that model. But in the late 70s, when Bernie Marcus and, uh, and uh, um, uh, Arthur Blank, thank you, and Arthur, I drew a blank, uh, and Arthur Blank came up with the model, no one had ever heard of it before. And so when they pitched it to Handy Dan, the first question that the leadership asked was, how are you going to do this? How are you going to do it? How is it going to happen? And that question was enough to set off a chain of events that led to Marcus and Blank getting let go from Handy Dan, which inevitably ended up uh, enabling them to uh, build Home Depot. Now, if you can imagine uh, being the, the, the upper-level uh, um, executives of Handy Dan, um, once Home Depot is off the ground and flourishing, and then having to explain to uh, your board why it is that you let these two geniuses go from your company. And needless to say, most of us know Home Depot intimately, and maybe some of us have spent more time there than we uh, would like to admit or uh, that we uh, wish we had. Um, and very few of us remember Handy Dan. So what's the lesson that we might learn from uh, Arthur Blank and Bernie Marcus and Handy Dan and Home Depot? And I think the lesson um, is what uh, a preacher named Andy Stanley says, don't be cowed by how. Don't be cowed by how. In other words, 
The shortest way, the quickest way to kill a good idea or to send the innovators in your life, in your company, um, in, in, your, in, in your relationships, to send them moving in the other direction is to introduce too soon to a great idea the question, well, how are you going to do that? How is it going to work? How are we going to implement it? Because the second you ask that question, you debilitate the possibility for dreaming and innovating. Remember that we said that Shabbat is an opportunity to dream big dreams about the world. And we do that, we take aside a whole day to not get into questions of how are we going to actually implement it. That question is an important one. It might come later. There's a time and a place to figure out, okay, how exactly are we going to do this? But introduce that question too early and the idea gets stopped in its tracks unless you have the capability of not being cowed by how. Unless you have the capability of not being uh, scared of the question how and of being able to put the question how aside for a moment and say, I'm gonna deal with how later. Right now, I wanna focus on the wow of my idea. And Andy Stanley, when he talked about this idea in his, uh, um, in, in his, in his leadership forum, he had everybody in the audience practice shifting from saying how to saying wow. And he gave them some exercises, right? When your husband comes home with that crazy idea, um, that, which may be a brilliant idea, but you, your initial reaction is, I, that's, that's, that's ridiculous, right? Instead of your first reaction being, how are you going to do it? Your first reaction being, wow, that's a neat idea. Let's unpack that and see what we could do with it. When your wife comes home and has that you know, crazy idea, that brilliant idea, instead of your first reaction being, how are we going to ever accomplish that, or how are we gonna ever make that work to say, wow, that's neat. When your chazan has a great idea about services, for the, for the reaction uh, to be, not how is that actually going to play in Peoria? How is that going to play in the pews? How are we going to actually implement that 20-piece band that has uh, the incredible sound uh, that you want to create? How are we going to do that? Instead of saying how first, say, let's dream about what that might look like. Let's flesh it out. Let's work on it. Because saying how too quickly stops the idea in its tracks. And I'm glad you brought up that example, Chazam, because even though this sermon tonight is not technically part of our series um, called Advance, which you might have seen on the marquee outside, which is a Saturday morning sermon series, although not this coming Saturday morning, because this coming Saturday morning is our learner service and a celebration of Alvin Lehman's uh, second bar mitzvah, turning 83, having a second bar mitzvah. So we're not having a sermon this Shabbat morning, but we're in the middle of this sermon series called Advance, where we're talking about the future of our congregation and how we might boldly and courageously work together to build that future. It's a beautiful idea and a beautiful image to all of the incredible ideas that I know each and every one of you has about this sacred place. To bring those ideas to me, to Ben, our president, to the Chazan, to any of the leadership, and for you to say, I've dreamed of this incredible idea for the synagogue, and us to not say, I don't know how we're gonna make that work. And for us to be able to say, wow, what great thinking, what creativity. Let's build that. So I'll give you another example of this. 
We can, that's true. Uh, I'll give you another example of this, okay? So I um, usually uh, solidify my Friday night uh, sermons on my walk to synagogue. I think about them during the week, but I sort of like crystallize them on my walk to synagogue. And that's usually been a, a good thing because I, I have a solitary walk to synagogue. Except for tonight, my daughter came home from preschool and said, Abba, Abba, I want to come with you to shul. And what are you going to say when like an all, your almost three-year-old comes and like pulls on you and says, I want to go to shul. And so, <laughs> wow, exactly, right? My instinct, though, is saying, how am I going to do that? How am I going to, first of all, how am I going to like schlep her to shul? It's like 100 degrees outside. I don't have the stroller. I got to carry her. Um, and then how am I going to come up with what I want to say in my, in my sermon? Um, now, my daughter, on the other hand, and this is the incredible thing about two-year-olds, they don't have the how reflex yet. So there's nothing that a two-year-old has in their mind to want to do that they ask, how am I going to do that? They run to try to do the thing. If they can't figure out how to do it, they find a way around it. They find a way to make sure that it happens. They find a way to get mom and dad to help them do it. But no matter what, if my daughter wants to go to shul, she is going to find a way to beat me into the ground in order to have her take it. I might as well just say yes because she has to go to shul. That is the power of wow against how. And we have the capacity to channel our inner toddlers a little bit, to be able to say wow to that great dream, that passion of ours, and not how is it going to get done. That's the message of our Torah portion this week, Parshat Shlach Lecha, where 12 spies, 12 scouts from the uh, Israelites are sent into the land of Israel to scout out the land, to see how it can be conquered. And they come back, and 10 of the spies give a report saying, it's a nice land, it's a beautiful place, it would be wonderful to live there, but there are giants there and we'll never be able to conquer it. And then two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua, Caleb and Yehoshua, say to Moses and say to the people, Let us by all means go up and we will certainly be able to do it. We will certainly be able to do it. And the other spies say, The other spies, the ten other spies say, We are not able to to go up. The difference in the paradigms between the ten spies and the two spies is that the ten spies say, we don't know how we're going to accomplish this, and so therefore we shouldn't try to accomplish it. How stops them in their tracks? Because they're cowed by how. But the other two spies, they don't really care how they're going to do it. They just know it's important enough to do. So where there's a will to do it, there's a way to do it. And that's why they say, Yachol Nuchala. They see the same data. They see the same analysis. But they know this is something we're passionate about. This is something we desperately want to do. This is what we've worked so hard to accomplish. This is the game changer we've been waiting for. I'm not going to get deterred by questions of how. I'm going to go and accomplish it. And that lesson of the spies, of Caleb and Joshua, that lesson of our inner toddlers, that lesson of... Bernie Marcus and Arthur Blank, 
is also deeply true of our most cherished relationships. Because nobody ever gets married if they first ask the question, how 20, 30, 40, 50 years down the road is this gonna work? How are we gonna raise children together? How are we going to make sure we make ends meet each and every month and send our kids to college? How are we going to keep the spark alive and love each other after 40, 50, 60 years? And if everybody who has ever asked that question before they got married has not gotten married. <laughs>